I'm Andrew Norton, and this is Completely Optional Knowledge. Ben Harrison hosts a podcast called Let's Drink About It, and you're never going to guess what his question's about. Uh, well, you know, I like a cocktail myself, and I guess I'm curious about whether other animals get drunk in the wild. So you focus primarily on uh, human animals. You've never actually had an, an animal animal uh, be a guest on the podcast, right? Um, yeah, I would say it's pretty unethical to provide alcohol to a... <laughs> uh, animal that cannot consent to being uh, wasted. See, I for one applaud your progressive uh, <laughs> rules. You know, I think more podcasts should adopt that. Yeah, well, we're uh, we're out here on the moral high ground, just chilling out. And I think you guys should join us. <laughs> why are you curious about animals uh, getting drunk in the wild? Why, why, why do you want to know about this? I guess I'm curious about it because I sometimes have misgivings about our own show because I know that, you know, there are lots of people that struggle with addiction issues surrounding alcohol, and I don't want to fan those flames for anybody inadvertently. But I guess it sort of provokes the question, how did we even come up with doing this as a species? Mm. You know, is it something that we evolved to like, or did we co-evolve with it? So you're looking to the animal kingdom for some insight on our relationship with alcohol. Or at least some moral cover. <laughs> Um, so before we get to the answer, what, what's kind of your professional uh, educated guess on this one? I bet there's some animal that's figured out eating fermented fruit. Right. Okay. It's like the fruit is dropped on the ground and, it, and yeah. it's become kind of sour or whatever, and it's got some alcohol in it. It's the prison wine of the animal kingdom. <laughs> jungle wine? That's a weird one. But... <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go with jungle wine. <laughs> Uh, use the hashtag jungle wine to discuss this episode. <laughs> I'm Andrew Norton, and this is the Completely Optional Knowledge Podcast, brought to you by Greenpeace. Ask, inquire, seek the truth. The show where we take questions that make you go, huh? And we try and make you be like, oh... Okay, to answer Ben's question, I've got Robert Dudley on the line. He is a professor at UC Berkeley and the author of a book called The Drunken Monkey. So he's perfect to answer our question. Do animals get drunk in the wild? So there are very few systematic studies of animal drunkenness, but of course there are lots of anecdotal accounts. And there was a film in the early 70s about animal drunkenness that most people are aware of, and it seems to show inebriation in giraffes and warthogs and even elephants. And that film was subsequently revealed to have been um, fabricated in the sense that the animals were injected with ketamine huh. to elicit seemingly weird and strange behaviors. Wait, isn't that, isn't that like a street drug, like Special K? Isn't that what that is? I, I think that is. Now, it's a veterinary anesthetic, amongst other things. I see, I see. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of these stories, they're interesting, they're out there, um, but they're all badly anecdotal. You're telling me that if I see a video like this or if I hear reports of it, it's probably a fake, or I should be very skeptical. When people think of drunken animals, almost everybody has seen or has heard about this this fraudulent movie from the early 70s. And there's really almost no documentation since that time of actual inebriation in the non-human uh, animal. Um, in nature, of course, it's probably not a good idea to be drunk. Um, you either do yourself in or other things do you in, like predators. Sure. There are a lot of interesting cases of um, primates secondarily sort of glomming onto human alcohol. So the tourists at these Caribbean beaches where they're introduced African 
vervet monkeys are basically always having their drinks stolen by the monkeys. The monkeys love the alcohol, and they get drunk. That's pretty clear, but that's not a natural sort of situation. Have you ever had to deal with a, a drunk, belligerent animal yourself? Well, um, are you referring to my colleagues or uh, animals in the wild? So, <laughs> so, uh, you know, they're definitely uh, – I so I've never actually seen what I would characterize as drunk behavior in non-human animals, right? And the reason for that is it just they don't get enough alcohol. It's naturally occurring in fermenting fruit. And, and that's what you studied, right? What we've documented is the presence of ethanol in tropical fruits that animals are routinely consuming. If you think about a tropical forest, most of it's green. It's actually really hard to find ripe fruit. And some of these animals, mammals in particular in the tropics that eat a lot of fruit, will eat up to 10% of their body weight a day. Hmm. That's a lot. And they, that means they've got to find that somehow. But it's a sea of green out there. So what are the cues they can use? They can basically, they can look, but they can also smell. So convection of alcohol throughout the forest via wind may actually indicate presence of ripe fruit crops. So the animals, when they're eating the fruit, they are inevitably eating alcohol or consuming it via dietary ingestion. So the question is really how much are they consuming and what are the uh, behavioral effects of that consumption? But of course, in the natural world, we don't have typically the high concentrations of alcohol that are available to modern humans. And we don't certainly don't have the high availability, right? So I guess what you're saying too, is that humans have you know, over many years figured out how to make it taste good, how to distill it in proper ways, how to distribute it. Whereas animals, they kind of have to get what they can and it's hard for them to get any sort of quantity to actually get drunk. Exactly. So I would not be able to find a drunk monkey in the wild. Is that right? It's highly unlikely for exactly these reasons that I allude to. They can't get enough of the alcohol because it's not there. They, their stomach fills and they stop feeding before they get the high alcohol hits that we can easily get. It's kind of like a human trying to get drunk off those little, um, you know, chocolate uh, liquor things that you have uh, at Christmas. Yeah. By the time you get drunk enough, you're going to be full of chocolate and not even want to see those things anymore, right? You could probably do it, but you really have to work hard at <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. After talking to you about all this stuff, and as someone who's thought about alcohol professionally so much and kind of observed it in animals and see how that relates to humans, I I can only wonder what you're thinking when you're sitting back at a party watching people. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I used to just enjoy the uh, experience, and now I enjoy it, and I'm taking notes. (laughs) I see more of the monkey in myself when I drink. I'm really pleased at myself for predicting that <laughs> that rotten fruit would ha- would play into this somehow. Jungle wine bore true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I, I guess I'm I'm disappointed that it's never been observed as a recreational activity, right? In a systematic way or a scientific way. I really want to see that movie now that he's talking about. Have you? Have, do you know what he's talking about? I've never heard of that movie. Will you oblige me and go on YouTube and try and find this clip and uh, kind of uh, watch it with me? Sure. I don't know what we're typing in, but like yeah. drunk elephant 70s. <laughs> African animals getting drunk off ripe marula fruit. Oh, animals are beautiful people, 1974. Parentheses, drunken part. <laughs> then all the animals wade in and gorge themselves on the rotting fruit. Oh, these are uh, hippos. Rhinos. <laughs> those rhinos look waste mundo. All those monkeys are in trouble. <laughs> Completely Optional Knowledge is presented by Greenpeace. Our producer is J.P. Davidson. Breakmaster Cylinder created our theme music, and I'm Andrew Norton. 
Visit completelyoptionalknowledge.org to hear more episodes, to subscribe, and to, of course, ask your questions, because we can't make this show unless we know what you're curious about. You can also call 202-697-6912 and leave us a voicemail with your questions or feedback. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks with more Completely Optional Knowledge. And hey, do us a favor. If you do subscribe to the show, please give us a rating on iTunes. That would be huge. 